Women Taking the Lead, episode 110. You know, I've evolved to the point where I realize that my number one job is to make sure that I have an amazing team and that I take care of my team and that because they're the ones that are taking care of our clients and then our clients are the ones that are taking care of the business and the revenue. So just really putting that as a priority in my day and, you know, where I spend my internal time, a lot of it's on the team. Hello, my name is Jody Flynn and welcome to Women Taking the Lead, where we are all about creating blasts of inspiration to help you overcome self-doubt so you can lead with confidence, integrity, and a sense of humor. Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognize to reserve your spot in our upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work you do. Now, your future awaits, so let's get started. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. I'm here with Becky McKennell, who is an entrepreneur who loves design and believes that building a company should be fun. She started her first company, IBEC Creative, in 2006, the day after she graduated from the University of Southern Maine. She taught herself web development, design, and digital marketing, and was able to grow her company by bootstrapping. She currently has 14 amazing, kind, and talented full-time employees and 150 happy clients around the country who are growing their businesses. Becky's honored to be featured in Business Week's Top 25 Entrepreneurs 25 and Under, awarded Small Business Administration's Young Entrepreneur of the Year, and a recipient of the Stevie Women in Business Award. Becky, such an honor to have you here. And that's only a little intro for everyone. So tell us more about you and your own humble beginnings. Thank you so much, Jody, And I'm so happy to be here and share my story. Um, as you mentioned, I started my company the day that I graduated college, and my initial business plan for my company was to just help out doctors with websites and branding, as my passion was in the design side of helping people with logos and any marketing materials that they had. So I started doing research to find out what industries were underserved, and I found that doctors really didn't do a good job with having nice websites and you know having that warm, feel-good feeling on their site for such a personal experience. So I wrote a business plan my senior year of college and decided that once I graduated that rather than going to look for a job or become a freelancer that I would try this business plan and see if it could work. So I spent my whole summer after I graduated cold calling doctor's offices and it was the most miserable experience because I sound I have a soft voice and so I and I was young. I mean, I was 22. So, and I didn't have any sales experience and it was just, you know, so hard to always pick up the phone and talk to all these office managers and convince them to have a, invite me into the office to have a meeting with a doctor. But I just kept telling myself, you know, this is, this is what you need to do. Like, this is hard work, but if you don't do this work, then, you know, you're, you're not going to get anywhere. And I was really strict with myself to make sure that I didn't at another job. So every day I would make myself go to work from nine to five, even though I didn't have any clients or really, yeah, I didn't have a full day of work. So I had to, you know, make up work for myself. And finally, um, about three months in, I got my first client. And then um, I realized that I had all these small businesses that knew that I could help them out with websites and branding. So I started taking on 
um, businesses that were outside of the medical community. And then word of mouth started spreading. And before I knew it, I had so many more business clients than medical offices. So I rebranded my company about a year into the business and have now, you know, now we're more of a generalist and work with, you know, financial institutions and e-commerce companies. It really, it's a wide, wide range of industries. And it's, you know, it's kind of funny looking back because you, at least my experience like in school, you know, you want to focus on a niche. And what I found was that just by being a person that's good to communicate with and has, you know, good design, that that could be enough to separate myself from all the other people that were building websites um, in the early years. Oh my gosh, Becky, I'm I love your story. I mean, I do see a value in niching, but when you're really good at what you're doing and word of mouth starts spreading, you you probably don't have to niche as hard as you do as when you're trying to get your name out there. But what I can't get over still is three months of cold calling <laughs> with no clients. The grit it must have taken to go to work every day. I mean, I can't even imagine what month two looked like, never mind month three. What helped you like just stay focused and stay positive? Um, well, I just really, I didn't want to get another job and I really wanted to do everything I could to make this business work. And, you know, if I wasn't doing cold calling, then another thing that I did to pass the time was, um, I pretended that I had a medical office as a client and I would make a bunch of logos for them. I would do all their brochures and business cards. I built a website for them. So I just continued to build my portfolio, even though I didn't have a real client so that when I did talk to someone, I could say, these are examples of the types of work that we could do for you. Oh, that's brilliant. So just as a way to like, you know, keep my creative mind going too, I would, would always be working on our own branding and my portfolio. Yeah. And honing your craft while you had the time to do it too. Exactly. Yeah. So smart. (laughs) Well, Becky, clearly you've had success in your life. You've definitely gained confidence as a business owner. We chatted a little bit about that too before we started recording, but take us back to a time when you were playing small and you may not have been aware of it at the time. Share with us the story and the lessons you've learned. Yeah. um, Well, some of the things that, you know, help me stay motivated, um, was, and, you know, thinking kind of bigger than myself was, um, back in 2008, I, I got the promotion from American Express about make mine a million. And it was, um, uh, they're basically getting a group of women together to grow their business, to be million dollar companies. And I had learned that only 2% of women owned businesses are over a million dollars in revenue. So that was like my new goal. I was like, I need to, I need to be on that list. I need to get to over a million dollars. Um, so I, I kept that at my desk on a, you know, note and a bulletin board for years and years. And I think I still have it just because it, it meant so much to me during that time. So whenever I felt small, I would just go back to thinking about like, well, I need to do this. It was just like a milestone that I needed to get to. Love that. All right, Becky, now share with us a time in your journey when you had a wake-up call. Take us back to that moment or an aha moment and share with us the steps that you took that led to your success. Sure. So I have a couple of different stages of this wake-up call. Um, The first was about a year into my business. Um, I had an opportunity for an intern to come in. Um, He was a design intern 
and he needed to work for a whole month for 40 hours a week um, as part of school credit. So he didn't need to be paid. And I thought, oh, it's interesting. His portfolio looks pretty good. But, you know, how how could I keep him busy for 40 hours a week for a whole month? But since it was really no risk, um, I invited him in for the first month of the summer. And I realized that once I had someone in the office, I could there was so much for them to do. And I was constantly taking things off my plate and having Andy help with them. And it was, it was also interesting too, because I hired an intern for a designer, which was really my core. Like that was why I got into the business in the first place. So kind of taking off a big portion of the design side and being more of a creative advisor, um, just helped get a lot of my, um, actual work off of my plate. And so then after he finished that first month, I hired him for the rest of the summer. And then when he went back to school, I hired my first employee um, as a designer um, full time and then continued to add employees after that. So it was like it was just an interesting way to kind of ease in. And I, I definitely had that aha moment of delegating and like, oh, my gosh, like once I have someone else doing the design work, then I can spend more time on sales or more time on managing the business, whatever, you know, most of it really was more about sales. Um, but I, I needed that, like that first step to be able to, to see the power of delegating. And then kind of had another moment of that when, um, I, I was pregnant, I had my daughter four years ago and I, um, knew that when I, um, after she was born that I would need to have someone doing the sales for the business. And I was just so nervous about hiring someone else that would be the face of the company and out meeting with people and talking about money and pricing things and how much they cost. And I just had a lot of nervousness about, well, what if I hire the wrong person? And, um, I did end up hiring someone and it turned out to be amazing. It was like another moment where like, wow, I can't believe that I waited this long to trust someone else in my company to do sales. They're doing a great job. So, you know, you just have those moments where like you're, you have this thing in your head about, how, how it's going to be. But then when you actually do it, it turns out much better than you expected. But if you didn't do it, then you'll never know how much better it can be. Oh, the growing pain of business. I have so many clients who get to that place where they're like, I'm so busy. And I'm like, then you have a decision to make. You have to subcontract or hire or do something. You've got to get some of this off your plate. But when they have to consider hiring somebody, you know, especially full time, you know, they're talking benefits and everything mm-hmm. else. They get really scared, right? Because we want to know that it's going to work out and it's the right decision before we do it. But there aren't many instances where we can do that. And an intern is great. What a great opportunity. Yeah, it was awesome. And once you get all those like payroll and benefits, once you do it once, you really never have to do it again. So it's just that first legwork that's a pain, but then it becomes really easy. Yeah, that learning curve. And I know, I also know people in corporate, women in corporate who, when they become managers and and stuff like that, they're doing some hiring, but it's, they're not taking, it's not the big risk of hiring, but they still struggle with delegating Mm. projects and tasks to other people because ultimately their name is going to be on it. But once you develop that trust, once you develop a system and you know how to support somebody whom you've delegated to, it's like you said with payroll, like it just gets easier. And it's amazing once you can start getting some stuff off your plate, what you can get done instead. 
is amazing. For sure. All right. And Becky, what I want everyone to get is there is no one way to lead. We're all different. We all have different personality styles. So we're going to lead differently. So Becky, how would you describe your leadership style? Well, I would say that I'm always striving for harmony in my company, whether it's harmony with employees or my team um, working with each other and with our clients working with our team. Um, I'm always very concerned about making sure that everybody is getting along and that there's lots of open communication. So we're definitely not the type of company where I come up with this master plan and it has everything written down and I share it with the team and then everyone goes and executes on it. It's very collaborative and we all talk about, you know, where are our opportunities, where should we be spending our time, what's the best use of, we call it our internal time at the office, so time that we're not working on clients, what can we be doing to make the company better. And I think it really reflects everywhere. It, it reflects in, you know, how we run our meetings. Um, our office space is really open. It has like non-traditional furniture or office furniture. Um, we have stand-up desks and we rearrange our office probably every maybe three times a year just to like keep changing things and sitting with different people. And, um, you know, I, I think everyone just feels like there's always a chance to share your opinion, whether it's um, something that we're doing in a meeting or um, we just recently started using this cool tool called um, Know Your Company, which sends out a email three times a week to your team and everyone can respond in writing about a question. And what I learned was that it's a really nice way to give people that might be more afraid to, maybe not afraid, but just self-conscious about speaking up in person, or maybe they just need a few more minutes to gather their thoughts and put a thought together. Um, so it's been another way to get more feedback from everybody about how things are going. That is very cool. And it's no surprise now that you describe your team as amazing, kind, and talented because what I'm I'm coming to learn and I've seen as well is that when people feel valued and they know that their opinion matters and the way they see things matters and they have an opportunity to really have an impact on the business, they go above and beyond. Definitely. And they want to contribute. Yeah. And I, I really, you know, I've evolved to the point where I realize that my number one job is to um, make sure that I have an amazing team and that I take care of my team and that because they're the ones that are taking care of our clients and then our clients are the ones that are taking care of the business and the revenue. So um, just really, you know, putting that as a priority in my day and, you know, where I spend my internal time, a lot of it's on the team. Mm, that's so wise. <laughs> All right, Becky, what's one thing that you're working on right now that you're really excited about and want to share with us? Sure. Well, um, one thing that I'm working on, our digital market. So we, I started out as a website and branding company, and we used to do a lot of um, print work. And then, you know, we realized we weren't really that great at print. So now we just focus on everything digital. And about a year ago, um, I hired the right people um, to lead our digital marketing at our company. So when I say digital marketing, that includes um, search engine optimization and search engine marketing, social media strategies, content strategies. And um, we last year we tripled our business in digital marketing, and I think we're going to triple it again this year. 
And I'm just amazed at how many companies are spending money on digital advertising and literally have no idea how much money they've made off of it. And it's like, it's large, like multi-million dollar companies are just spending money on advertising and just like, they kind of do it to continue, you know, because that's not how they've always done it. And so um, it's been really exciting to be able to set up tracking tools. Um, one of the, a, couple, a few of the tools I wanted to share that we use are um, CallRail and CallRail allows you to track um the phone calls that are generated from any advertising that you're spending. So it's a nice way, you know, you can contact, I mean, you can track your email, your contact form inquiries, and you can track sales on your website if it's e-commerce. Um, but CallRail also allows you to track calls. So you can see if you're, you've grown your business from phone calls. And then um, we also use these tools called Hotjar, Hotjar and Visual Website Optimizer. And they give you so much data about what's happening on your website, um, what's preventing users on your website from taking the next step. And you can do A-B testing and surveys. And it's just created this really both qualitative and quantitative world of data to really help businesses figure out how much money they're making off of their advertising. And then if they're not making money to be able to switch it. So um, I've just been really proud of, of the work that we're doing in that. And, um, you know, constantly thinking about what my own marketing plan is to get the word out about that. Oh, I love that. I'm getting, I'm getting excited as you're talking because I can totally geek out <laughs> on this stuff. Cause I know in my business, I love looking at reports that show what's working, what's not working. And it can be frustrating when something's working and you don't know why. Yeah. Or it's not working and you don't know why, but when you can get that information and you can do something about it and you see the results that are caused, like that makes my day. One of my favorite things to do in the morning is to just look at like reports on social media and how is that doing? <laughs> how is that going? Like which ones, are, which ones are having an impact, which aren't. And so that must be tons of fun to be showing that information to your clients. Yeah. Too. It's just been a really amazing case study material and it's become more than like just creating a beautiful website that every one in the company loves. It's creating a website that's actually bringing in business and we can figure out specifically how much money it's brought in and how much money, what the ROI is for that. Yeah. It's fascinating to me sometimes to read blog posts about what works and what doesn't work on website conversions. It's not always intuitive. Yeah, I know. And one of the things we learned was that sometimes ugly websites have the best conversion, believe it or not. <laughs> Black and white with a little bit of red. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know. I've seen that too. It's so crazy, um, but it's true. And I think that's incredibly helpful for business owners to, when you can identify like what makes a difference and what doesn't to get better results, everybody benefits from that. So that's huge. Yes. So exciting. All right, Becky, now we're going to head into our leadership roundup. So tell us. What is one practice that you have that helps to make you a better leader? Um, well, one of the things that I think is going really well um, in our company and has for quite a few years is our staff meeting agenda. Um, every Monday we meet and we meet for 
anywhere from 20 to 50 minutes. And um, it's the same thing every time. And we cram a ton into it. And we do things like um, we rate last week. So everyone goes around the room and rates their week on a scale of one to five so that we can measure the happiness of the company and, you know, just kind of get a quick read on how everyone's week went the week before. Um, We have a guitar award that we give um, to a person that's done an amazing job the week before, whether it's helping out a client or um, solving a really complex problem or just going above and beyond for a coworker. And then um, another thing we do, one of our core values is to free your wizard, which basically means like think out of the box and don't hold back and like just do your magic. And so um, we share free your wizard examples so everyone can you know, if they did something really cool that maybe only they know about, we have the opportunity in the staff meeting to to share it with everybody and everybody learns something. So, you know, we go over the basic things like who's going to be out this week. and But we also touch upon a lot of culture things in our company. Well, I was just thinking that, that how you use the different pieces of your business to really reinforce the core values and the culture you're trying to create. Definitely. And what is one book that you would recommend to a woman to help her develop her leadership? Well, um, one entrepreneur I'm a fan of is Ari. I think his last name is pronounced Feisenbeek. Um, He is an entrepreneur out in Michigan, and um, he owns a series of specialty food stores. And I just really admire his leadership style. And I wanted to share a quote from him um, that kind of sums up Um, how he feels about being a leader. And this is from the book, um, A Lapsed Anarchist's Approach to Being a Better Leader. So Ari says, note that by having fun, I'm not talking about a bunch of goofy behaviors, making our staff wear funny hats or pins or telling jokes. Although in the right culture, any or all of those might work. I'm talking about the quality of the energy in our work environment, about enjoying and appreciating all of the really amazing little things that happen to surround us every day, but that so many people don't stop to appreciate about realizing that it's the ride and not the destination. That's really the point of things. And I just love, you know, the way that Ari um, describes leadership. It's not really about work-life balance, but just about like having a better work day and how you can create an environment where people love to come to work. And just by, you know, you don't need to have a ping pong table in your office to have a fun office. Right. And then what I heard in it too, is it's really about paying attention and just being present to what's going on around you. Yeah, for sure. All right. And Becky, what advice would you give your younger self? Um, well, if I could tell myself, um, that to trust your gut and to remember that your business is a reflection of you. And it took me a few years to be confident with the fact that Ibeck is me, essentially, and that I need to create values for the company that are values of mine so that it Ibeck doesn't have to be synonymous with Becky McKinnell, but the roots of Ibeck, you know, the core values of the company are things that are things that I've always believed in. And so, you know, in the beginning years, I felt maybe like I needed to lean on my team more for um, 
coming up with those values for the company. And, you know, maybe I was thinking things in my head, but I didn't want to say them out loud. And now I realize that I have the confidence to, you know, be proud of the things that are inside my head and that if they're in my head, there's a reason and they should be shared and, um, just doing that in a respectful way. So, um, yeah, just, just that confidence. I mean, it it comes with time and I'm sure 10 years from now I'll have a new level of confidence that I wish I gave myself advice about. Right. (laughs) Today, yes, I'm sure our older selves will come back today. But that's really key, especially when you're young and especially no matter what age you're at when you're starting your business, there's so much advice out there about what you should do and shouldn't do. But I think what's true for everybody is to remember that, you know, what you think and how you think is uniquely you. Yeah. And it's important to share it. For sure. Yeah. It took me a long time to just put all that together. (laughs) Yes. Yes. We got to sum it up and put it on a billboard somewhere. (laughs) Although we don't have billboards in Maine. (laughs) Find a way to get the information out there. All right, Becky, share with us a success quote or a mantra and why it has meaning for you. Well, I would say my mantra is everything you do counts. And I remember repeating this to myself in the beginning when I was cold calling and, you know, just whatever lead or stone there was to unturn, I would jump on it. And, um, you know, I still really believe that today that every little thing you do, whether it's how you word an email or how you present yourself at a meeting, it all just kind of adds up and every, every little bit goes towards the future. Mm, and what a difference it's made. I think if I were to sum it up, I mean, I don't normally like to to speak in negatives, but everything you say points to, you know, don't let yourself go on autopilot. Don't get in maintenance mode. Like stay present, pay attention, be aware, and think about how you say or do things. Not in a stressful way, but just give it some mindfulness. Yeah, yeah. Because it will have an impact. Yeah, cool. All right. Becky, lastly, what is the best way for this community to connect with you? Well, you can go to our website at ibetcreative.com. Awesome. And I'm sure you guys have all the social media buttons that anyone could ever want. We do. (laughs) Right there. That's simple and to the point. I love it. And so for those of you listening, I know you're out running around or driving in the car. You can find all the links and resources shared in this episode at womentakingthelead.com. And Becky, thank you so much for taking the time to inspire and enlighten us. We're all better for having met you. Thank you, Jody. Thank you for joining me on Women Taking the Lead. Are you ready to take the lead in your own life? Head over to womentl.com forward slash recognized to reserve your spot in my upcoming webinar on how to be recognized and rewarded for the work that you do. And to strengthen you on your leadership journey, I'd like to send you off with a quote from Marianne Williamson. Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It's not just in some of us, it's in everyone. 
And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give other people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Again, thank you for joining with me, and here's to your success.